0: Welcome, my friends, to the Sage Aquarius Radio Hour. You're home for free and critical thinking, and I'm your host, Mike Williams. Tonight, columnist Jack Hart returns to the show. Jack is one of the leading researchers in the alternative research community today. He is known for his writings, which turns mainstream science on his head, revealing the mass deception taking place by the scientific and academic gatekeeper community. In today's discussion, Jack will take us through the premise of his two recent articles from Veterans Today, entitled Lucifer in the Temple of the Dog, Part 1 and Part 2. In these articles, he explains why the holographic universe is real and how the controllers are intentionally keeping humanity from ascending to higher states of consciousness. And so without further ado, here's Jack Hart.
1: I wanted to go from the beginning because obviously we look around and uh, we see these edifices that are left over from thousands and thousands of years ago before history began. Things like the Temple of Jupiter in Baalbek and Pumapunku uh, over in Peru and uh, Yaguni over in uh, Japan. I, I mean, we can go all over the world. Megara in Pakistan, these edifices could not have, as a matter of fact, they like to tell you, oh, well, We couldn't build these technologies. We couldn't build these edifices without the technologies we have today. i got news for you. I've been in construction business all my life. We couldn't build these these edifices with the technology we have today. I've worked granite. I've worked it with a chisel. I don't even think you could chisel what the Egyptians and and the Inca were doing. I don't think you could do that with a, a hardened steel drill or with a diamond tip. Let alone with a copper animal balls. That's just insane. Uh, anybody that believes that, I just I, what's your IQ? You believe that? You believe that that somebody dragged a hundred ton boulder by hand? You can't do that. Yeah. You can't do that. We do we do it sometimes moving four hundred pound rocks. Uh, Michael, if the ground is a little wet or something, this stuff sinks right in the ground, you know. Uh, and if you want to put it on poles like they like to say, the poles sink in the ground and they crack because they bend. I've tried all this shit. You gotta move them with pry bars and you can only get them a few inches.
0: Well, then you had to push it up through scaffolding.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's just crazy. Yeah. These guys have never did a day's work in their life, and they're sitting here with their fingers up their ass. Uh, oh, this might work, and they're drawing it out on paper. Uh, you know that stuff don't work in the field. The cranes they talk about that they could take to, uh, stone and Jupiter and lift it up—you can't do. You can't set those. Just two of them that that they, I know that can make that lift, and you can't set them up in the desert. They got to be set up on even terrain. So they couldn't do it even now if you if you told them go ahead. Do it now. Like, do it with your technology. They couldn't do it. They couldn't do it.
0: Yeah, when we uh, talk about the pyramids of Giza, I mean, the whole premise... Well, first of all... Same
1: thing. Same thing. All those giant boulders stacked in there. And that's then they what I make, was
0: saying. Pushing it up scaffolding. First of all, they had to get the stones there. They had to cut it. Uh, they want to convince everybody that... Uh, first, they'll tell you that it is an architectural wonder. And then <sighs> they'll say that we cannot duplicate this effort today with the technology we have today, and then they'll turn around and say, and the way we did it was a bunch of slaves rolling hundreds of thousands of pounds of stones across a desert, up scaffolding, and then, you know, the actual placement of the stones to build, let's say, the the, um, the pyramids at Giza with such precision that was all done by manual labor. I mean, the whole thing is absolutely it's absurd. It's, it's
1: absurd. It's absurd.
0: Absolutely absurd. And
1: ever since I was a little kid, I knew it was absurd. And I always thought, you know, somewhere back in time, we knew a lot more. The human race. We were more advanced. When I started reading the Greek philosophers and stuff like they talked about a gold age gradually degenerating into uh, what we have now, the Iron Age. Uh, there were four epochs of human history, and uh, that now we live in the, the, the most barbaric one and the facts, the archaeological evidence bears that out. It doesn't, it doesn't refute it, it bears it all out. And this has been ruthlessly distorted by academia. I mean, I cannot say enough bad things about orthodox academia, institutionalized academia. Everywhere they go, they distort things. Like Baum said, And like Alinde said, and like a lot of these people that are mentioned in my post, they cut things into smaller and smaller pieces, okay? When you cut things into small enough pieces, you can no longer see them. And that seems to be their their objective uh, in academia, is to cut the pieces so small that nobody can any longer make heads or tails out of it. And it just becomes a ball of confusion, what I try to do is take the major events in history and just follow those. And I don't, I don't want to know that they're little side shows and they're little asides and, because half of them, they're making it up anyway. They don't have artifacts to prove what they're saying or any evidence. I, I don't know why we're even listening to them. They go on and on with some sciences. Uh, most of astronomy, like you see Morgan Freeman on TV or the other I mean, Tyson, I don't know where they got him.
0: Oh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it looked
1: like they got him from the meat market. He was hanging, he was a bouncer or something at the door of the club. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but case, you see them, And they're going and they're pontificating about this stars. They, 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 Those are all guesses. Those are all guesses. They have no evidence backing any of that stuff. All they can do is they can chart the motions of these celestial bodies through the heavens, through the firmaments, just like the ancients were doing. Only advantage they have is they have telescopes. They have uh, these lenses, which can bring them closer, and they bring more of these, these stars to plot their uh, movements into view better. There is another star they can't see present by the movements of these and the rotations of these things. But as far as calling them like, like I know you're heavily uh, invested in, in the uh, the flat earth movement. As far as these being round spheres and everything, I don't think the evidence is strong enough for that. If you want to tell me about pictures that came from, uh, came from Nassau, I mean, I spent three years telling people who Nassau is. Nassau is the national socialist that left Germany after a deal was struck by von Bormann. And it's coming out now. Germany never lost World War II. Uh, they just went underground. But uh, uh, Nassau is the remnants of those scientists. They were all brought over. It's scientists that were on the Jack Parsons, who was, a, uh, he was Alistair Crowley's main disciple in America, because the British uh, would not let Alistair Crowley come to America. So he's working through Jack Parsons. And uh, Theodore Carman who was direct descendant of the Mariel of Prague. He was the boogeyman to the Christians. He made a thing called the Gollum, and it was uh, a thing made out of clay. And uh, they, they actually stopped the problems they were having of the Jews because uh, they, they feared this thing so much. It was kept up in the uh, the attic of the main synagogue in, 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 Aust- uh, in Austria. And a lot of Christian leaders and a lot of Jewish leaders knew it was there. Everybody knew about it. It was not disputed. And it disappeared during renovations of that main synagogue in the late uh, 19th century, uh, and nobody seems to know where it went. This guy was a, a master cableist. All these guys came over to Nassau, and in the Caltech, they formed Jet Propulsions Laboratory, which in turn formed Nassau. NASA is nothing but the entertainment division of Jet Propulsions Laboratory, and you are not going to know diddly squat about what Jet Propulsions Laboratories is doing, because it's all marked national security. So they're not going to tell you anything. You're just looking at a comic book show.
0: Yeah, well, Uh, these guys are disguising their religion, Jack, as science. That's what they're doing, you know, and uh,
1: so— Religion is written in the stars, and I think you were saying it, too. You were showing me those things about that YouTube thing, about the stars, the movements of the stars. Everything's written in the movements of the stars, about the past.
0: So, yeah, yeah.
1: Do, do you remember what I'm talking about? Yes. Give it, a, give it a plug. What was the name of it? It was very good.
0: The Alien Sky video? The one Right. Where,
1: That's okay. it. Yeah, all right. Everything is written in the stars. This is what I, I used when I, when I did the uh, three-star system of Cyrus. Which by the way they're calling it a two star system, it's three star. Everything about us, everything is enfolded into everything else. It's images enfolded into images. There's no parts and pieces. Those are illusions, the illusions of separation. We are only one whole.
0: Yeah, uh, and Jack, just so I, I step back here so the audience knows, uh the, the, the documentary, the video I was uh, Jack was referring to that I sent him was Symbols of an Alien Sky. And that was uploaded by uh, the Thunderbolts project, and they're heavily into research that has to do with the electric universe. So I highly recommend those it. guys are always at odds with the the mainstream, if you will, scientists with regard to how everything works. And um, well, so
1: mainstream science, I mean, uh, Gordon Duff wrote a piece one day about how, how we should have to reform them, and uh, you know, so they can actually do something that's, that's you know useful in life. But, Mainstream science is, I don't know what it is. It's uh, it's comic book stuff. It's not what the defense industry is even using, you know. Uh, They're they're working on a totally different science than what mainstream science is. I mean, you look at these guys and they, what have they done? What have they done that they walk around strutting like they're they're some kind of messianic figures? uh, They've transformed our our society. Uh, I, I think I've said this before in interviews with you. Our workday is now 60 hours a week. We, we spend all, uh, from cradle to grave working to pay back loans. We have no free time. Our lifespan has not increased one, two years maybe. And, I, and from looking at those one or two years at the people of those age, I don't want them. You can have them back. Well, and people
0: uh, are getting sicker, right? I mean, I mean, uh, every, there's all kinds of stuff today that exists like 20, 30, 40, 50 right. years ago. Right, right,
1: right and stuff like that on kids you didn't see that in, in the old photos in the 1800s people people disfigured by the time they're 13 or 14 by severe facial blemishes uh, you can walk through wall bounds and you're looking at I don't know what those creatures are some of them in there uh, but I, I don't recognize them as humans they're blobular they have, they walk on two late they have appendages like humans but uh, that's about the only resemblance they bear to humans and, and they're not very intelligent either I mean uh they're as stupid as the day is long in plain English, but uh, they're different from us. I feel a profound separation from them.
0: You're talking about the general public?
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's gotten to the point where what's happened is because of the... This is my view on this, Jack, is there's an agenda to keep people dumbed down. It's to keep them sick. It's to keep them unenlightened. So what they've done is they've created a uh, a mass of subspecies of people.
1: That's exactly, that's what we've been writing about, Michael. That's when it started with the bacteria. Yeah. You know, your body is 90% bacteria, you know, it's 10% flesh, you know, mammal flesh. It's 90% bacteria. They started authoring or building their, their robot humans in, in World War II. And as far as I'm concerned, they collaborated with each other. In the new post, you can see Von Neumann, uh, he was a student.
0: Uh, this is John Von Neumann? John Von yeah. Neumann, Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, we can do the same thing with Blom, he came over, and the technology with the bacteria. It all came from Germany. But but you can see that there's collaboration. I mean, let's go let's go to the post I, I just released. John von Neumann, okay? Now, he attended a school that a lot of these geniuses all went to the same school. It's a joke among scientists, like what there was something in the water at the time. These scientists that attended the schools in Hungary, a university, I shouldn't say school, but the, a, lot, a lot of scientists that attended this, they'll say that, the, you know, the only real genius was John von Neumann.
0: How long and ago this was, was this, Jack? How, when, when did this, this was take in place? the
1: early 1900s, in the early 1900s. John von Neumann, he was like the prodigy among them. He was like the genius. He was a genius' genius, okay? Now, they sent them to, to Hilbert to be tutored. And who paid for this? The Rockefeller Foundation paid for all this stuff. Then they brought him over to Yale and gave him an office right next to Einstein's. And this was before World War II, uh, shortly before, years before the National Socialists took over Germany, but they saw which way the wind was blowing. They were not on the greatest relations. For Germany to just give up its best scientists, and, and by the way, you could say von Neumann was a Jew. Uh, that's another bullshit story they like to tell about how the uh, Nazism is so opposed to the Jews. I shouldn't even say National, uh, Nazi, uh, national Socialists uh, was so opposed by the Jews. A lot of Jews were National Socialists. I, I've documented—I uh, mean, their best assassin, Uncle Valley, uh, was was a Jew. Uh, one of the guys killed when uh, when the when the uh, Bolsheviks sacked Munich. The principal intellectual for the Tool Society was a Jew. Von Neumann was a militant National Socialist, and when they gave him his office next to Einstein's. He would play German marching music, like uh, Prussian marching music, military marching music, as loud as he could on his uh, Victrola, whatever they had then. And, and Einstein couldn't even concentrate. He used to go to the authorities at Yale and, oh, you gotta make this guy lower it. There was nothing he could do about it. I, I mean, von Neumann mocked him. But von Neumann was militantly national socialist. If you watched the movie, uh, I think it's Failsafe with Peter Sellers where he does all those, uh, those three roles.
0: Yeah, I know what you're referring to,
1: yeah. Oh, Dr. Strangelove is the
0: name of the movie. Dr. Strangelove, Dr. right. Dr.
1: Strangelove is Von Neumann. Uh, that that was taken because he had a wheelchair after he, he got cancer at an early age, in the mid-50s, and he was wheelchair-bound. And that character was modeled after Von Neumann. And Von Neumann was as Jewish as the he spoke Yiddish, but yet he was militantly National Socialist. Uh, and that was an exchange of technology.
0: Now, his expertise, though, was it quantum mechanics?
1: He wrote the the Bible of quantum mathematics, how how they would use this math. to. And he
0: cut across the grain with regard to traditional physics, because I I believe that it was John von Neumann that said that events do not follow laws or rules, which I guess contrasted with the type of physics that Albert Einstein was uh, propagating.
1: This is what part one was about. Uh, It wasn't just von Neumann that was saying that. It was actually, this was German science. Uh, It started out with (laughs) the... We, I'd love to know what Max Wien was doing. All well, we could find out, and I have some of the best researchers in the world, and all we could find out is he was trying to calibrate two uh, pendulums together, and and then it went deep black. He was uh, he was he was elected twice to a, the most prestigious position in, in in science, which only Einstein was the only other one that ever ever was elected twice to that position. But everything about him has been wiped from history. Max it's Wien. Max Wien. It starts actually with a guy named Passion, Frederick Passion, and he was looking at uh, he was looking at ultraviolet light, or below the ultra light below the ultraviolet spectrum. And uh, Max Wien war- worked with him. This was even before the, the 20th century. It was like in the late 1890s, uh, and they corresponded. And he was his, his, his successor. And from there, this guy Erwin Schrödinger studied under Max Wien. Now Schrodinger is probably you told Einstein is the most important, so that's a joke. But uh, Schrodinger is probably the most important scientist of the 20th century, because what Schrodinger did is, is uh, everything goes on probabilities. See, they 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 have what's called a matrix. They have to pick probabilities that are most likely to occur. And what Schrodinger did is he formulated what's called the wave, uh, the wave equation. It's used in wave mechanics. That's how they figure out how, wave, how big waves are going to be and stuff like that. Without that, quantum mechanics doesn't work. They pick out the probabilities and stuff. And Schrodinger was never happy that he did this because uh, at first he concurred with Einstein that, that God does not roll the dice You know, when it comes to his creation. But uh, gradually he came to uh, view it differently. Uh, just uh, as David Bohm did, who was also a big proponent of, of Einstein's. Actually, Einstein's the guy who protected David Bohm. Uh, I didn't tell you who David Bohm was, but we'll get to him. But anyway, Schrodinger in 1956 was asked to speak. He was the most, you know, he's the most prestigious scientist in the world. He was asked to speak for the World Ener- Energy Conference. And about nuclear, you know, about the coming nuclear science and all that other, you know, how how great the world is going to be. And he refused to, uh, he refused to even talk about nuclear technology. Uh, he actually gave a philosophical lecture on the Vita in front of the World Energy Conference. And then he changed his, uh, he changed his physics, uh, because this is the crux of the matter. Uh, whether there is particles at all, what the government uh, uses is like I was telling you before. Uh, they, they don't use the same science as you see on TV. It's more than Freeman is is spouting. What the government uses is a wave only theory, which is, was spouted by Hugh Everett the third. But at the time when Hugh Everett the third was uh, was formulating his theory, uh, Schrodinger was working with him. This was in the early 50s, and Schrodinger went over this wave only too. He stopped. They, in other words, there is no particles. Particles are just points of light. Under the right conditions, they'll show uh, a light will show up as what they call a photon. And now they've actually managed to produce a holographic point of light. And guess what it looks like, Michael? It looks exactly like a Templar cross. It's got four sides and it's it's splayed out on both sides. I think we posted. Oh, we posted it in the blog. We posted it in the blog along with the link on the implications of being able to produce this. There is no particles. These are made in our mind. Your mind, what it is, is it's a receiver. It's just like a receiver for a radio. And what reality is, there is no reality, because reality can
0: be whatever we So is the brain then like a biological computer? It's encoding and decoding? Is that what it's doing?
1: I don't even know if I want to go into biological. Everything we feel, we see... We touch. We make that ourselves in our own minds. We are a a receiver. Say you take a rock, you throw it into the water, all right? You throw another rock into the water. It's a pond, it's still. The waves will go out in concentric circles, right? And now when the waves clash together from the two different concentric circles, those are called wave interference patterns. That's what the universe consists of. That's what the sun gives out. There are wave interference patterns coming off the sun. And from those, our brain receives those, and from those, it, it translates them into reality. We actually have, a, we have something in our head that comes in as, 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 as dots, as a series of dots, and then it's translated in our brain through our optical nerve system. It's translated into lines, and from lines, we make objects. Uh, whether those objects really exist or not doesn't appear that they do. Everything comes from what's called an event horizon. It's actually a source of the transmission. All
0: of the science
1: seems to indicate... So what what is
0: an event horizon? How would somebody define that?
1: An event horizon would be the source of the projection, actually the outcheringer to the aborigines. Everything that ever was, it's perpetual, it exists, and it broadcasts itself out. From that source, and that's what the event horizon is. It's where this is actually really occurring. What we're seeing is the projection of this reality. That's what the holographic universe is all about.
0: So is this uh, like a pinging, like a ping that takes place at the event horizon and just, it has these uh, interference patterns that... Oscillating then
1: in- frequencies, yeah. They okay they don't know why or how how these frequencies oscillate but my guess is is they have a lot to do with uh, the cyrus system okay so
0: and, then like in your um in your article you had said that consciousness takes place inside a frequency receiver and then reality is a tv show
1: right right your frequency receiver is your brain that's what it is this is what this uh, call prebrun proved this was the mo- well, no, I mean, I'm not quoting, like, fringe scientists. See, Carl Prebum was, was the greatest neuroscientist that ever lived. He, he I think he spent 10 years at, at Harvard and uh, 30 in, in Stanford. That's where the government does its Frankenstein stuff at Stanford University. For 30 years, he was the head neurosurgeon there. He performed all kinds of surgery on monkeys and stuff like that at the uh, the Bjorkies Primate Center, so uh
0: what's going on in my head right now is, as you're talking, I'm thinking to myself, a lot of people know about now they know about the Mandela effect. Right. So I'm thinking if the interference pattern is changed or altered some way, then that would change reality. Well, yeah, because some people think the Mandela effect is just a bunch of bullshit, but.
1: Some people are morons, okay? Uh, <laughs> you don't see that, that, that reality is changing around you? I mean, you just sent me a tape of the Pope saying mass in front of a satanic statue of Jesus. Do you remember that from five years ago? Uh, you know, you, you don't think that would have been all on the internet five years ago? I, I remember clearly that Nelson Mandela died in prison, and so do a lot of other
0: people. I remember that. I also, also remember Kirk Douglas dying. Kirk, Doug- yeah. Douglas dying. Kirk Douglas dying in the 1990s. I remember that very clearly. Helen That's Thomas. First of all, I got told a bullshit story about the Mandela Effect was named after,
1: uh, you know, the Mandelas like C.J. Young is talking about. That's It was named after Mandela. We all know that Nelson Mandela is dead. He's walking around. That's why it was named the Mandela Effect. Yeah. And there's lots of things like that happening. Now. now they're trying to cover it up. They're not reporting on it, but it's still happening. Okay, so,
0: I mean, so my thought is that somehow interference patterns have been altered, and this is altering the reality.
1: I'm going to explain to you how that happens. Quantum physics can can be blended with Einsteinian physics. That's what they do, really. If we go to Einstein, in the center of the universe, there sits a giant black hole, okay? It's like an open drain on the bottom of the sea, okay? And it's ever-expanding. And it consists, it eats stars, basically, It consists of all the stars. Every star, everything that is, every object, must eventually be sucked into this black hole, just like a drain at the bottom of a water tank. Everything's going to go through that drain sooner or later. Now, in the center of that black hole, there's something called a singularity, okay? Singularity, tears or shreds everything that goes through it. They call it spaghettification to the smallest possible particle. It's so dense, it's infinitely dense. So You can't even calculate how dense it is. And everything is torn apart once it goes through that. Now, when you reach the part where you start to go over the edge into that hole, into that singularity, that's another thing that's called an event horizon. Now, once you go over the edge of that event horizon into the black hole, time seems the same to you because you're in the object that's being sucked into that black hole. But to an observer on the outside, it's gone haywire. The clock is going crazy. It's going this way, that way. You you could actually be watching this object be ripped to shreds, but the object would never know it was being ripped to shreds. Now, this process that scientists call spaghettification can be delayed by accelerating the object back up to to where the event horizon starts. When you're going down, falling down a slope, it's not so... So, slope, where you actually go into free fall till you reach a certain point. We are on the slope right now. As, uh, uh, this whole universe is on that slope. That so, there's a
0: slope, in. and then at some point, there's like a cliff. Is that what you're saying? We reach
1: free fall. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay. We reach free fall. What they're doing now, uh, I, I, I can't prove this because I can't prove that they can all jump time, but they can. They learned how to do this in the 50s, or even before that, the Germans learned how to do it. Uh, that will come out. That's coming out now. Uh, they're jumping this world. I use the word world. They're jumping this world back to the beginning of the event. So time is going cra- You're seeing all this crazy stuff. They're delaying the inevitable. An object cannot escape once it crosses over the event horizon. So it is inevitable that we must be sucked through that singularity.
0: And what happens, so, what happens when that happens, when we go through the singularity? That's
1: what we're getting to, okay. Okay,
0: all right. Well, we
1: don't know what happens. Nobody knows what happens.
0: But they must suspect uh, something's going to happen because they're trying right. to delay That's why I'm asking. They,
1: you know? Well, they're, they're afraid. They're afraid of everything, Michael, that might take fucking one dollar out of their pockets. first. Of all. <laughs> yeah, or one prostitute out of their beds. That's what moves them. That's what moves them. What happens is that's not really what... Jet Propulsion's Laboratory came up with. Now, they studied it, too. And there's something called a wormhole, which I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with. It's the yeah. same as a black hole. Theoretically, Einstein was wrong, okay? There was another guy, Loretzian, which Einstein stole a lot of his stuff from. Now, when the Loretzian mathematics are applied to this equation, there's no this singularity, no longer rips everything to shreds. It would appear on the other side. Uh, it would be drastically altered but it would not be destroyed. It would be something different. And what this Biami in Australia is marking, what the Dogons are talking about, the tribe in Africa that we go through, it's a periodic change. Charles Hapgood, he came up with this thing called Polar Shift. It's good. Velikovsky, he came up with another thing about Venus periodically destroying the Earth. I think it's every 3,800 years. He's even better, Velikovsky. But they're both wrong. That's not what happens. What happens is the Earth transforms. It goes into another state of matter. That's why we see these edifices, because we can't build these edifices in this, in this environment we're in now. The laws of physics that we have to live by as human beings change, and we become the gods that are talked about in Sumerian texts and stuff. We are the Anunnaki, certain ones of us, I guess, because I can't see the people in wall bounds as being... <laughs> the Anunnaki gods? Uh, excuse me. The,
0: yeah, the ones by a moon pie and uh, yeah, a yeah, Mountain
1: yeah. Dew? Yeah, yeah, the gods. <laughs> well, I'll explain that right after I'm done with this. Uh, we are the Anunnaki, and we're transformed into those those entities that are, are talked about in the Sumerian uh, cuneiform and the King's List. That new uh, that list lifespans for kings that go to 30,000, 35,000 years. These rocks and stuff, we can move these. I don't know how. I don't want to start with the, oh, you can do it with your mind. But there are methods where the laws of physics, they're different. And, and uh, however they're applying them, uh, it's a much better world.
0: How is the transformation going to take place, Jack? I, I, I didn't catch that. Is it...
1: You have to go through the black hole. What happens is, and this is what the Dogon said, uh, this sun will change places with Cyrus B, which is the black sun. Okay. And we would get actual reality instead of this fake world, this inverse world that we live in. When you look in a mirror, everything's inverted. You
0: know. Oh, so Sirius B is the black sun. Yes. Okay.
1: Cyrus okay. B. All right. Cyrus B. But uh, the part about that I'm saying that nobody said before is that Cyrus C is a black hole. Now, it's been under debate, even though the evidence is overwhelming that it exists, whether it exists. But you can't see a black hole because a black hole absorbs all light. So it's invisible. Yeah. Uh, now, they have all the mathematics show that there is there is a third star in the Cyrus system. It's a black hole, obviously. That's why they can't see it. It's called the three-star system, okay? All star systems were called three-star systems, The archetype for that, or the template from which they take it from is the Cyrus system, the three-star system of Cyrus. Somehow, here is there and there is here. As Bell's theorem proves, there is no uh, locality in, in the universe. Time, distance, all, all that we make up on our own head. Somehow, the Earth and the Sun and the Moon have slipped into this black hole, and this is a phase that we have to go through, like, like Velikovsky who postulated every thirty—I think it was every thirty-eight hundred years—the world gets destroyed. Plato said in the beginning of Critias, uh, "It does. This is something that it has to happen." And what they're doing is that they're preventing it from
0: happening. They're how are poor, they? How are they preventing it? How are they by doing? By jumping
1: that? it by jumping the earth back to the event horizon to the beginning by accelerating us by jumping time. That's my theory. Uh, That's—I can't prove that.
0: How do they do that?
1: I don't know. I don't know. I know they know how to jump time because uh, they've been doing it. Uh, I, I mean, there's evidence of it in the Montauk project. There's evidence of it in uh, German science. I, I, I don't even want to get into that. Well, do you think
0: that. it would have to do something, uh, it would have to do with um, changing the interference patterns?
1: Yeah. Well, okay. uh, then you get into uh, Fourier transform, which is, is what they're using. This
0: is okay, so one of the reasons why I'm asking this question is because as you're talking about this, and because before you mentioned that our own sun, emits interference patterns.
1: Right, right. Well, that's that sort of that's really what it is, is interference patterns.
0: So I started thinking about all of this aerosol spraying, right? And I could be completely wrong on this. I know
1: thing. that's what these towers are all about. They're not about mind control. They don't need fucking towers for the mind control. Let me tell you that right now. These towers can broadcast the signals, these frequency signals, they put them at certain energy points. and, okay. and that, That's what they, they're orchestrating the, the frequencies. Now, let me explain to you about a Fourier transform. Okay. That's how yeah. all this is done with a Fourier transform. In a Fourier transform, you, you have two graphs. You make two graphs. One is of the frequencies, okay, the different frequencies. There's two graphs, okay? One is called the frequency domain.
0: And the other one's the time domain.
1: And the other one's the time domain, right. Now... What they do is they take the two graphs and they calculate like a medium between the two. Okay, they calculate each point. They put it all together into one chart. But when you are working with these Fourier transforms, you can't change the time domain. What you do to change the time domain is you alter the frequency. And then it is transferred into the time domain through these what they call these integral equations. What they do, if this is like, Not the real world, say. This is a hologram. What they do is they change things here. And by changing things here, they can bring them back to the real world and change things in the real world. This is what I suspect this world is all about. I think we are nothing but a frequency time domain. Uh, I know that sounds really crazy, but uh,
0: so in other words, they can't go in and directly affect or adjust time. They have to adjust the frequency domain.
1: Right, right. That's how they. That's how they change Okay,
0: it. so that's the way around it. I, I I play around with the frequency domain, and by doing that, I can then alter the the time domain.
1: Uh, and you can hear this too. I mean, like I I get people all the time writing me. Oh, I, I hear this in my head. These these high pitched noises. I mean, if you lay awake, uh, or, or you uh, certain times, I, I hear it too. Like it's called what do they call it, tinnitus? I, I don't really think there is. A, I think people are really hearing this stuff.
0: Uh, I've had it, Jack. I would say over the last few months or so, where I have this pulsating, mechanical frequency tone.
1: They're, they're accelerating the process. This is a, this is what I'm trying to get across to people. This is inevitable they're just delaying the inevitable we can we can't escape this event horizon what we need to do is go through it but we need to go through it without this material this worship of materialistic things all everything that is material is transient it's going to be lost when we go through this event horizon it will be gone everything will be different
0: do you think that maybe they're not, they're pushing back and not wanting to go through it because in this particular realm that they're in right now, they rule the roost.
1: That's what I told you. Anything that might might take a prostitute out of their beds or a okay. dollar out of their wallets is, is anathema to them. You know.
0: Okay. And if they go, if they go through that black hole, and um, then what's going to happen is everything they were or everything they thought they were completely gets obliterated. It, it disappears. Right. right. They're no longer the gods, because they think they're gods, Michael. Yeah, I'm they, they do think they're gods. I, I'll give I'm you that. I'm in
1: contact with them, Michael. They swear they're gods. They swear they're <laughs> gods. You know, this Council of Nine that I wrote about, may uh, go back to the uh, Nine Gods of on but uh, there was a Council of Nine in Victorian England that, that talked about your, uh, uh, what is it, Agenda 21? Yeah. Uh, that's a dedicated to depopulating the world, and, and among them was Huxley, uh, Huxley's father, and, and all the most prominent science, scientists of the Victorian age were, 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 the, were this Council of, And they've met in England. And that was the real that's the real progenitor of the Council of Nine. And the Russians know this because that's what told me this. All that stuff they want to talk about with this... Uh, and I get it from them all the time with this channeling, uh, you know, from, from the Oot cloud. Uh, you, you wouldn't believe the crap they fucking say. Uh I, I have it all in writing if you ever want to see it you
0: know uh, <laughs> yeah, well as I'll, long as it's not going to get me in trouble <laughs> it's
1: no but it will give you a headache reading it because he <laughs> <I, laughs> just sent me two more letters you know like, you know.
0: oh my god yeah uh, but but uh, this, this is thing. fascinating stuff jack i mean it, it, this this you know uh, just this, this conversation
1: I try to tell them, you know, you know, everything you know, you think you know, is, is, is you made it up. It's in your head. And, uh, you know, I, I see them using exactly the same language which uh, they come out with in the Chani Projects, too. Which, uh, oh, and okay. it is very enchanting, too. It's like a sing-song. Like, if you translate Sumerian cuneiform, that's the way it comes out, like a sing-song language. Uh, and I now, think the
0: Chani the- Project was going back, I guess, back to, what, the ni- 1990s or the 2000s? So. Right. Did right, I get that right? right? And yeah, they, they just... and they were communicating with uh, another entity or the computer. Our computers were communicating with right. another entity. Right. Right. So questions not... would be asked by our computers, and this entity would come back, like you said, with a response in a very sing-song type of. Right. Um, right. I, if you wording. want, if you
1: want to see this entity's writings and stuff, just ask me because I have plenty of them. And it's, no, it's more than one, too. It's about nine of them. Well, I think there's a
0: PDF out there. It was on, was it Nexus magazine, maybe? Yes. I think it was Nexus. Nexus. Uh, well, Duncan Rhodes is the one who told me
1: about it first. Okay. And, and uh, you know, as much as I respect Duncan Rhodes, I, I i was really busy at the time, so I didn't really look into it when he started talking about uh, the Rubicon and stuff, and he told me that was the highest, the highest intelligence. Uh, you know, they were even higher than the NSA, and the British were MI6 but uh, i didn't really look into it and then when i did i found that everything he was saying was it uh, was really the answers to what i was uh, looking for now i went into quantum physics about uh, about how the observer uh, affects the uh, the reality and i went into uh, the novel uh, uh, dune in the weirding way my mind affects my reality uh,
0: is this the uh, like the slit experiment
1: Right, right, right. All this, uh, all this other stuff. But I didn't get into what von, I, I went through every scientist. But I left von Neumann out. I got up to like Schrodinger, and then I went into Bohm and what they said, you know, about the implicate and explicit order. But I left uh, I left von Neumann out because I'm going to deal with him now uh, with the Norse because uh, what he said is certain observers can change that reality, and that's what Mr. Rhodes told me that that the aborigine believed that. Certain people can affect the Earth, can, can actually redirect meteors, can, can affect the sun, uh, and, and those people are here. And they're controlling those people, and they know who they are. This is why bloodlines and DNA and all that other shit is so important to them. Uh, if they can control those people or those entities that do that, then they control the universe, and that's exactly what they're doing. And they don't want to lose that control.
0: Those people are not at Walmart, right?
1: <laughs> no, no, they're not. they're not. Well, they may stop in uh, and, and be astounded, by but <laughs> no, no, they're not. They're not regular Walmart uh, Walmart customers. Uh, this This is where we get into Monsieur Olinde. Now, Monsieur Olinde was given to me by one of my researchers. He's probably a better writer than me, Mike Kay.
0: And he uh, was a theological scholar.
1: He was the preeminent theological scholar of the early 20th century. Now, what he said is that there's a sacred and there's a profane. Okay? Now, the sacred, that's the source. That's the event horizon. That's what form called the implicate order. That's where the projection comes from. The sacred must be manifested over and over again, he called it the eternal recurrence. In every time period, the sacred must manifest itself. And the profane is nothing but the, the medium, the vehicle for which the sacred is carried. And through his, his rituals and through his beliefs and through his dreams and, and his heroes and his, his legends, that man recreates the sacred. That man's really only true purpose is to, to be the vehicle through which the sacred is acted out. What I see is these Walmart characters is that they are the profane. What they think, what they do, what they feel, I, I know this sounds terrible. Uh, I'm not a humanist. No, I'm not. It doesn't matter. They're not the same. As, and they'll be reproduced in another world, and they'll be far better than they are in this world. But they're not part of the picture. They're part of the picture. They're not part of the artist uh, painting the picture.
0: So in other words, uh, Jack, I think what you're explaining here is that there are different degrees of of beings here,
1: right? Totally different. Not as that you can go to Kerry Cassidy and uh, that school of thought. There's hundreds of different like races, two hundred and something different different races of, of beings inhabit this planet. This is the the grand central terminal for these beings, and some of these beings are just like they're primitive. Well, if you make a movie or a play, or anything, tell a story. You have to have a background, and that's what they are. They're backgrounds.
0: They're like props?
1: Yes, they're props. That's what I think I call them that. They're just like props in an old movie.
0: Yes. Well, a lot well, of people like are them. not going to like this. I, yes,
1: I know that. I know that. <laughs> 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 Nothing but a prop in an old movie, and I really don't want to talk to you. When you call in a riptide, Michael, or you swim against it, you're going to drown. What you do when you're caught in a riptide is you let the current take you, you know. Yeah. And, and then when you can you swim into the beach. Uh, what we're doing now is trying to fight the riptide. That's what our secret government is doing. We're going to all drown because of them. We, we need to do this, whether they like it or not.
0: So this almost sounds like some of the uh, the terminology, and I know this is going, not going to be the right terminology, and you'll probably scoff at it, but when people talk about the New Earth, the transformed earth
1: transformation, right? That's transformation, how it going to take Place okay. No, I don't scoff at that at all. There is going to be a,
0: obviously. Well, the new earth just, uh, stuff kind of sounds new agey, that's why. Yeah, I but, know I
1: hate the new age, but we, we also did something on that on how that came about. And that came about from JJ talk talking his uh ascensionism, which he was teaching. They took off from that, and they had no idea what they were freaking talking about either. Uh, yeah, he was talking about getting rid of them all, too. I mean, they missed that. He was only talking about a certain select group, the elect, you know, that would, would survive this transformation. He was Nassau's mouthpiece in uh, the conspiracy, uh, uh, the Stargate conspiracy, uh, one of the best research books on the subject. They isolated him as the, uh, the real voice or the real, real uh, the kingpin that was really moving the pieces behind the scenes of the whole thing with the uh, the exploration of the pyramids, which was started by Alvarez in the 60s. J.J. Hertha was the primary philosopher for the New Age movement. And he's, he's looked at that, too. I have his book in front of me, The Keys of Enoch. It's uh, written to my mother. I think
0: that. I have that book. Do you really? It's white. It, be, I,
1: I it looks I think, like Alistair Crowley's holy book.
0: I think I do. I have to go back oh, into my uh, my book collection, yeah.
1: <laughs> I show a picture of... of uh, Pertock's book and next to Crowley's book, the same same motif for the cover, too. Actually, the holy books in, in the the edition I have is very rare. I mean, they're selling it now, but I don't know if they're selling it because I wrote about it, but it's a uh, paperback. But I have the hardcover here, and it, it came from, from out of Attica, actually, in the 70s. It's the same cover, same motif and everything. That's because uh, Alistair Crowley is really the founding father of Nassau, along with the Kabbalistic Jews, and the Nazis. And they, they look at Alistair Crowley as their god. But that's we won't get into that now. This all goes back to the Norse, which is us as Europeans, because we've, we've basically been at war for a couple of thousand years over this. And our best interests lie with the Norse, not with the Semitics. And we've, had, uh, as you can see, what they've done with their fucking religions, which is Islam, Judaism, and Christianity. If you look at the end result and i'm looking out the window right now you tell me who's the good guy you know because i'm telling you right now i'm not looking at the work of the good guy yeah doesn't yep. look much different from a prison what i'm looking at you know
0: yeah that's a discussion I, i've had with people in fact i got into that discussion i had a uh, another interview yesterday with priscilla vogelbacher and uh we got into a very similar discussion jack you know it's like do you like what you see out there do you like what, what what's going you. on
1: what Tell me about this, that, Jesus and, and Muhammad, and uh, look at the end result. You guys have been killing each other for two thousand uh, or for fifteen hundred years. The Muslims and Christians have been killing each other. They're still not happy. You know, they, they, they each one thinks they're right, and, uh, yep. and this stuff is is just based on silly nonsense. Uh,
0: it's very primitive. Yep,
1: the Koran. I explained to a couple of the comments an Islamic comment is where that book came from. Uh, it's styled after. The Secret Gospel of Thomas, which has 114 verses. The Koran has 114 surahs. The Koran is green, the color of Venus, the color of the goddess. Its symbols are the color of Venus. Its symbol is also the crescent moon, the symbol of the goddess. That book was changed. It was altered into a field manual for savagery. Everything in that book has been changed. I'm sure, yeah, God said to tie a woman to a tree if you disagree with her in the center of the <laughs> village and whip her. Yeah, I'm sure God said that, I'm sure. So, uh, that's my theology on the matter. But let's talk about the science. Well, where are we with that? Well, what were we talking about? I sidetracked.
0: Oh, I, what I was going to ask you was, when we talked about the the sacred utilizing the profane, I was trying to understand a little bit better why does the sacred have to utilize the profane? What's the outcome?
1: Because you can't have a movie without having a set. That's all they are. They're props. The outcome is that the profane will be changed all around. And, and perhaps it would be a better profane. Perhaps the profane won't be weighing 300 pounds and waddling through wall bounds looking for a sale on uh, shower caps or some shit. Or whatever <laughs> that people use. <laughs>
0: So, by utilizing the profane, is it is it a process of making the sacred more sacred, or is it a process of no, the sacred, lifting the profane up?
1: The sacred stays the same. I would like to think that the profane would be elevated into the sacred above, okay. under different circumstances. But okay. right now, what the profane is, is, is this struggle for the material. I mean, from cradle to grave, we, we try to acquire material things. and <laughs> Uh, believe me, I watched a guy with a hundred million dollars die in, in in like a month from galloping esophageal cancer, and you know he had a, lo- a stupid look on his face like I can't bring a dime with me. And let me tell anybody listening to this: all that things, these things you treasure and you think are so important, you got 70 years to enjoy those. By the time you get them, chances are you're going to be too old to enjoy them anyway. But if you do happen to get them when you're 30 or 40, you'll have 10 years to enjoy them or 20 years at the most. Those things are transient, man. It should tell you right there. Logic should tell you that those things are not very important. That's why, like somebody says, oh, well, you have psychic powers. Why can't you tell me the winning lottery ticket? You know why? Because psychic powers don't work on the profane. And anything that has to do with material wealth, that's profane. It doesn't matter. It's nothing but the set. Your senses that, that are divine or sacred or sublime, they're not attuned to stuff like that. For money, it's not going to work. But if your loved one is threatened or lots of people have premonitions that something dangerous is going to happen, or a loved one is going to be hurt, or they're going to die. And, and those premonitions always seem to you know, they, they seem to come true. So I think it matters more more about what's what, what's real, what's real to the sacred, than what we think is real. What, what we yeah. The things we value, in short, are worthless. Are worthless. They're tra- It's transient garbage. Albert Camus wrote a book, uh, The Strangers, one of the most popular books in Western culture, one of the most uh, influential. And the first thing he talked about is enjoying life. You need a strong, healthy body to really, really take life in, to drink the full drought of it. They mm-hmm. don't have that. They're missing no. the first fucking ingredient. They don't have it. They seem to have... Uh, manufactured a world where uh, only they will prosper. Primary motivation for man is women. What's going to get me sex? How will I be attractive to a woman? Uh, I mean, even the king. He wants to be the king so he can have the biggest harem or have the most beautiful queen. uh, Really nothing else moves men but the opposite sex. Well, look
0: at uh, King Solomon. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: Oh, look at Henry Kissinger,
1: you know? how many women you went to bed with or how beautiful they are. Or it, that's what moves men. In the 80s and in the 70s, this, this was not really uh, it's not what attracted women. You know, women were attracted to good-looking, tough, rogue, uh, you know, adventuresome guys. They've changed all that. And now we have a, a genetic defect driving around in a Ferrari. Uh, you know, this is, this is the image of what's attractive to women, you know. And all women are prostitutes, by the way, because, oh, he's got so much money. He's, got, he's great. He's, he's eligible. bachelor. look, he's loaded. You know, this is not the way people talk 30 or 40 years ago. They've altered or they've, they've customized the society to where, where they roost. They're what we should aspire to be. I should aspire to be a Henry Kissinger? I don't think so, you know. Uh,
0: yeah, no, they've, they've definitely altered the, the perspective uh, going both ways, by the way, right? I mean, uh, like you said, women used to look at men, you know, would be a, a man that was a man's man.
1: Um, or even an artist. Uh, poets. and uh, that, right. that, That's what women were attracted to. Or, or, you know, guitar players, singers, the artists. I think it started with J.W. Remember Dallas? Oh, the roof.
0: Yeah, of, the yeah. Roof oh, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, like this was supposed to be sex. Jr.
0: Jr. Yeah, the guy should have yeah,
1: yeah. been killed with a stick in his office by some freaking irate Hammond. customer. Yeah, <laughs> which which would have happened in real life if there was a Jr. Yeah,
0: everything is money, 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 money. That's that's what it is today. Uh-huh. And, uh And
1: yeah. And what you yeah, this, what you have uh, these trinkets, these toys, these mansions. You turn it on the TV, that's all you see.
0: Yeah, it's it's uh, really screwed up. I I agree with you. It's so screwed up.
1: Who drives what car? What kind of house you're living in? What it's like? I said they're all transient things. Your lifespan is too short to be worrying about things like that. They've nailed us into this this uh, wheel here. This it goes round and round and round. Yeah, it's a big
0: hamster wheel. And and the thing right. is, if, yeah, if you don't, yeah, if you don't succeed, if you don't succeed on a hamster wheel. In other words, if you don't become like a, a J.R. Ewing from Dallas, as an example, right? Right. Then what happens is you're made to feel inferior. You're made to feel like you're incompetent, you're impotent, that you are not, I mean, forget about not being a man. You're just really not much of a human being. Right.
1: Nikolai Telso is nothing by today's criteria. Right. uh, Herman Melville, uh, you know, I can go on and on with the greatest fucking intellects and the greatest people that civilization ever produced. By the criteria we use today, they're, they're failures,
0: you know? People love Jerry Springer. So it's, it's that type of cartoon type of character that they're making people attracted to. You know, they they, they like the cartoon world.
1: Well, that's, that's, that's you know, Jerry Springer is, you know, uh, he brings you the Walmart people, you know, to the camera. That's their, uh, it's their Andy Warhol, 15 Minutes of Fame. Um, yeah. That's what yeah. attracts them to that kind of stuff. But uh, to me, I don't write for those kind of people. Like uh, Gordon Duff told me a long time ago, when I first started writing, you know, it's this, just... This, uh, when I realized I was going to be censored severely. By the way, you know, like, I get a lot of information from people that don't give information to anybody else. The price of that is that I am severely censored. I mean, I, I was published a bunch of times by Nexus lately, which is, uh, that, that's a big thing to me, Nexus Magazine. I mean, that's yeah. the greatest. Uh, but, uh, you know, what I write on the internet, it's, I, I get they mess with where it goes, who sees it.
0: Well, they make it very niche. It, you know, it's it basically they uh, they make it very, very narrow with regard to an audience. I mean, I, that's I, okay. I don't have
1: it's a very yeah. narrow audience. And, you know, I'm happy with the, the audience I have. But I am.
0: But you want to expand it. And that's the thing that the powers that be, they don't want it expanded because they want to keep it exactly the way it is.
1: I'd like to be compensated for what we're doing here. You know, this is ridiculous. I got to see some freaking asshole on a TV Spends half his life fucking snorting cocaine and the other half laying in bed. And this is a billionaire and, uh, you know, or another guy chasing a bull or throwing guys throwing each other in mud puddles. And we're, 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 we're sifting through the historical records of the human race, spending 20 hours at a time in front of this stuff. And, and, and we get nothing. And they, these people are looked at as, as role models, the children, and they compensated with, with, uh, Derek Jeter style mansions in, in Florida, right. you know. I just want enough to live. They won't let me get published. Like I was telling you before, that they, oh, that they, they, I could self publish like every other. Idiot. Yeah, good. Yeah, I could make my living by begging for fucking money on the bottom of each piece I write. That disgusts me when guys do that. Oh, to donate here. As soon as they see that, I'll never read them again. You know. <laughs> yeah, really. You want money?
0: Well, you know the the, the problem is that there, there is no money in this, Jack. I mean, you know this. Uh, I've told people the same thing. I want a. And I've. Well, a
1: lot of them think we're getting paid all kinds of money. you know? Yeah, they, we're
0: not. I'm yeah. getting paid. I'm getting. I know you're getting paid zero. I'm getting paid zero. 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 E R O. Zero. zero
1: right? Make sure you leave this part on there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't make any money for this. So when you insult us. Don't do it to my face. I'm going to punch you in the mouth.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, people don't get that. I mean, they think that, you know, you're doing this for a living and uh, there's checks coming in and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, and I always people sometimes have said, you know, that, uh, you know, I'm getting paid or whatever. I'm not. I'm not, guys. Everything I do is, uh, when I do these shows, it's, no, all, if, if it's if free. If you
1: you write for People magazine, you know? Exactly. They, well, if you want to write for these people, go ahead. You're going to make a fortune, yeah, if you're good. Me and you both are good at what we do. But you know what? In 100 years, nobody's going to remember your frickin' name, you know?
0: No, uh, no that's
1: right. In 10 years, nobody's going to remember you. Can anybody even name a disco artist from the 70s uh, Disco, oh, I use "time" artists artist loosely. Can anybody name a disco artist? artiste from the 70s anymore <laughs> you know yeah that's <laughs> I mean, the thing you know i won't be naming any rappers neither in 20 years i got news no team, you know <laughs> no, the, no. Rap, rap And somebody will map no. on a piece of wood you know that is a rap you know
0: people uh, and names come and go
1: yeah yeah I, I i mean but if you really want to learn how to play the guitar and stuff like that you know uh, you, you you end up like uh like uh, Frank Zappa or Paul Jimmy Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix, you know, uh, Hendrix, you know? Uh, and they'll be talking about you two hundred years from now, or Mozart, or you know, you can't. But be you worried. didn't have
0: much of a life. I didn't have much of a lifespan. We talk about Zappa and uh, Hendrix, yeah, and, right, uh, right, right.
1: Those guys, uh, like like, like freaking Hendrix, died when he was in his mid twenties. You know what? Yeah. So what? He achieved more than any other human being that ever did with the electric guitar. You know, uh, his twenty seven years were worth of. By every life ever led by every Rockefeller ever born, he did more in his 27 yeah. years than any one of them genetic defects will ever do. You know, so which do you want to be, people? You know, And I wish our art would reflect this, because our civilization would change a great deal if it did. What do you want to be? Do you want to be JR? Do you want to drive a nice, shiny red Ferrari? Or do you want to make an impact that will change the world? Do you want people to know your name? To 3,000 years from now like they do Achilles which is better is, is it better to drive around in a red fiari I don't think so I'll take you you take your fucking red Ferrari. I don't want it you know I'll, I'll, I'll write for the select audience and we'll see where, where the, the the pieces end up and uh, I'll,
0: I'll be happy with uh, my my loved ones and my family saying you know what Mike. Mike spent his life and his time trying to do the right thing
1: yeah, but they don't say that about that. us. We're, we're ostracized. I don't know about you. I'm ostracized from the family. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: We're
1: quacks. We're crazy. We're crazy, you know?
0: It's a slow go. That's why we have the, the sacred and the profane. <laughs> well,
1: I, I blame a lot of us. I blame on Hollywood. I blame on the people that, that run these these arts, you know? We'll, we get into the proverbial wicked, uh, wicked Jew. I hate to say this. He really does exist. He owns the uh, publishing companies. Yeah. He owns Hollywood. You know, it's just about every mechanism for distributing art. He, uh, he, he Controls has, uh, the money? Controls the money. You know, anybody who tells you you're an anti semite for saying that just needs to be slapped right off their chair in mid-sentence. I mean, you know, are you stupid? Do you, can you not read? These people are Jewish, you know? ex Joel Stein. He f- wrote an article laughing about it in the Los Angeles Times.
0: Was that the article where he said, "Of course, we control Hollywood"? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was a famous article.
1: And he, then I got a moral came...
0: on calling you an anti-Semite for saying that, you know. Well, yeah. in, in the dude, meantime, they're they're beating their chest saying, "Absolutely."
1: Exactly. We control exactly. It. They right. laugh about it, but in any case, you know, I, I don't hold that against them. I what I hold against them is is they don't open it up to other odds.
0: It's a tribal mentality, Jack. I, mean, I, I mean, all the kids
1: running around. My friend's got a son. you got to see this kid play the guitar. I told his mother, so I'm going to send it to you. we got all these people who spent their lives devoting their lives to music and wanting to play every instrument and, and, and can write music in their sleep. Uh, why don't you give these people a shot at least? Don't tell me what sells and what doesn't. That's a bunch of bullshit. What sells is what you're fucking put for sale. That's what sells. That's where I come into it. a terrible con. Yeah,
0: but they they won't they won't do it because it's a tribal mentality. You're you're not in the tribe.
1: I think even if you are in the tribe, I think I, I think with them, I think it's just well getting, it's going to take a whole freaking twenty thousand. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, I understand what it is
1: with them because it starts back it starts back a long long time ago. But they're, they're the gatekeepers. They're the gatekeepers. And I, I, I have to blame them. When I see some the stupid shit I see on this television, uh, and the stupid shit that gets published in books, uh, I blame them. I, and the garbage that's on newsstands and stuff, and, and magazines. And, I blame them. I don't. I, I point my finger squarely at them. They don't like it tough. Uh, start publishing some television shows and some movies
0: that mean something. Clean it up. Just clean it up and make it, make it useful. Make it insightful. Make it, use- make it educational. There you, you know?
1: go. Make it useful. Let's give people something like to aspire to that will, will change uh, society for the better. Now we've got the new one with the heroic CIA agents. You know, these, these guys would murder their own mother for a dollar, you know. They're all drug dealers, and, and they're made to look like, oh, they, they're doing this, they're doing that for you. No, no, they're not. They're not. They work for oil companies. They're mercenaries. And then the cop shows, endless cop shows, uh, you know? Oh, they,
0: yeah, well, that's all That's all uh, mind control and programming. That's to condition you to, Michael, you know, to not view them. Well, Michael, I'm on the them.
1: Internet, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this guy has got a post of a cop kicking the guy in the face while he's kneeling on the ground. Uh, and the guy's trying to comply, and the cop just sneaks up a... Boom, lands a perfect kick right in his teeth, you know? Yeah, got oh, yeah. With and, and there's 744 comments explaining why he had to do this, that this was yeah. good police work. And there's 700. Uh, there was 3,000 against, but there was 784 likes for that comment. The problem is that we're showing these people what the, uh, we're giving them a glorified image of what a cop is. That's not what a cop is, I'm sorry. do will make heroes out of these freaking people. Like they do, like they do on these programs. Uh,
0: yeah, do you remember um, when we were growing up? They had the show Adam Twelve, right?
1: Right, 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 and and right. They answered actual police calls. My favorite was uh, was uh, the guy Friday. You know, just the facts, ma'am. Just the facts. Right. You know, they don't do that anymore. They don't do that. No, anymore. that's
0: the thing. I mean, so it's changed drastically, and we're talking about TV shows that were fifty years ago, as an right. example. And it's been a very, very incremental, methodical march toward what we're seeing today, which is all of this gore. It's brutal. It's the infringement on people's rights, like you said, kicking people in the face, beating them up. Then, like you said, you have the people that turn around and say, well, that's completely justified. I remember years ago, uh, you know, a cop would, would refrain from using force. Right. The objective was to arrest somebody, arrest them. And, of course, if they had to use force because, you know, they were in danger. That's a different story. But today, what happens is they will pin somebody to the ground, and then the and Let's the make it will clear start...
1: that your father was one of the top cops in New York City, so you're not talking out of your ass. Go
0: no, ahead. I'm not talking out of <laughs> <laughs> your
1: ass. Um, your father was but... the toughest cop I ever met, by the way. So I, I love listening to the stories your father used to
0: tell. Yeah, he was. that was a tough guy. Tough guy.
1: Yes, he was.
0: Go but ahead. Uh, yeah, no, I was just going to say that, you know, today, they have somebody on the floor and they're screaming, stop resisting, stop resisting. This is so that they can continue to brutalize the person when the person is not resisting.
1: This guy was kneeling on the ground. The guy just walked up and kicked him right in the freaking face. I mean, I, I worked security. At, uh, if another bouncer did that, he would have got fired for that, you know? Uh, yeah. This guy, uh, nothing happens to these guys. And not think that idiots in, in Facebook condoning it and, and, and rationalizing it. There's no rationalizing, japping somebody's handcuffed, man. You know, how'd you like that, Dante, you fucking kid? This is what Hollywood and what Jewish culture has bred into us. They need to take really good look at themselves with this tribal mentality and if it's good for the Jews and, and this phonyism and... You're not getting anywhere if you're a Jew. That this, There's no way they belong with their fingers and everything, like they're in the banks.
0: This is the backbone of the National Socialists during uh, yeah. Germany. Yeah. I mean, like, this is this is what they identified. And I know a lot of people right now are going to say that uh, we're Nazi lovers or whatever. But, the, the, you know, look, you got to do your research. You have to do your homework. Stop with all of the elevated talk and all of the programmed indoctrination you've been fed about what really happened during World War II. You know, what we're seeing today is really a replay of what's well, she, been going on she, she, in history for he thousands he of years again and
1: again until the stop is put to it which the Germans exactly. tried to do in world war ii and exactly. we fought against them and we're told it's going to well, keep going because you know what i started out in this research uh, just like everyone else i thought he hitler was the most evil man that ever lived i mean you know when i was a little kid i used to have nightmares that hitler was coming to get me you know so i was never raised that way and i never believed any of it until i examine the facts i'm very very uh if you show me, if you prove something to me, I'm very, I, I'm very open and receptive to that. I, I'll learn. I'll learn even now. Uh, if I'm wrong with something, please show me I'm wrong. I, I love to be wrong because then I learn something. And what I, the facts tell me is that Hitler is exactly the opposite of what people are being taught on TV, and that's why they have to show these Hitler shows over and over again, bashing this guy. This guy wanted to create a utopian society, and he did. He did within 10 years in Germany. If they'd have left them alone, the whole world would have turned into a utopian society. That's why they couldn't leave him alone. They continued to vilify this Well, they guy. want to
0: tell you that the, the throngs of people that went to go see him speak, that they were all crazed Germans. Yes, yeah, they were crazed. Uh, they were all crazed. You know, they
1: were crazed because they were eaten for the first time in 20 tens years. Tens and
0: tens. Yeah. I mean, they got off the Weimar Republic after yeah. World War One, and some, look, they
1: he, he, and their daughters weren't going into prostitution, so they could feed their fare They were right. raised. Berlin
0: that. wasn't the Berlin wasn't the uh, the red light district yeah. of the planet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I know. I mean, you know, you have to tell me. I, I, you know, it's it's difficult having this conversation, Jack, because with other people, not with you, because they they just they have a visceral response because of the inculcation, because of the propaganda that's taken place over you know, the last 70 years or so. And uh, it's it's very, very hard to get people to turn the corner, not just on this topic, talking about Germany and World War II, but on on anything else, you know. You talked about before about trying to get people to get the point of an article you wrote because they, they're they focusing on, very myopically, on some, maybe some religious on aspect. Their dogma, some, right,
1: on their dogma, pre- right. On the dogma, right. Religious dogma that, that they, can't, they can't understand that this, this article... That's all they read.
0: You know, you, you can write twenty pages and there's one or two sentences that say X and they focus on X. I mean, as far as they're concerned, the entire twenty pages was about X. You know, so and that's a big problem. I mean that's a big problem we have in general. That's why what I tell folks is we have to keep doing what it is that we do. Just keep plowing ahead. And I, I'm I'm not really interested these days in getting converts. My attitude is, is I've converted. i I'm on what I believe is the right road, the road to truth. If you listen to the shows and listen to guests like yourself, and you want to come on board, come on board. I mean, you're welcome, but if you know if you don't want to come on board, then
1: yeah, you know, stay at the dock. Yeah, and you're wise about what you do with the comment sections, because you, uh, you don't let them in.
0: No, I don't let them in, because and, it becomes a circus. And I was told by the VT,
1: you know, they warned me, So maybe we should close the comment sections, because they, they knew what was coming, you know? Yeah. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah, that, that's exactly what they do. You know, what happens is there are people... That are well, some people just you know that's just who they are. But there are many other people that get paid to disrupt the message. And well,
1: that's um, what they told me that there's people, yeah, get paid to disrupt stuff like this. That's no, no happening.
0: question about it. That's what they do. That's what they do for a living. They get up, they go to work at nine, from nine to five, nine to six, whatever. Uh That's what they do. That's what they get paid to do: to be disruptive, to to leave comments, to uh, create a a sideshow, to take away from the message. And that's why I don't allow it.
1: Yeah, that's I, I'm thinking of. Co- you know what, but Michael, it's a catch-22. If you close the comment sections, you have readers that can really add something to the conversation, and they're shut out. And I like to let people. uh You know, people like to voice their opinions sometimes, and and, and if it's it's if it's on subject, I think it's good. So uh, you you're faced with a dilemma: should I close yeah. the comment section or should I not?
0: I know I get comments from from readers, emails. Well, saying, after reading I took yeah. on the last
1: two, I'm, I'm leaning towards closing the comments section.
0: Yeah, I, I would. You know what? I would I would try the next article by closing them and and see how it rides.
1: Well, the second one we closed the Facebook comment section. You know, okay. those you can't control at all. You know, on VT they they first of all you can't investors today you can't comment just comment. You gotta you gotta register to comment and they research who's commenting so they know every, they know every comment there is. But on the Facebook, you can't control that.
0: Well, Jack, we're pushing up against two hours here. So I just want to let the audience know that uh, our conversation was was geared toward your recent article, which was on Veterans Today called Lucifer in the Temple of the Dog, part one and then part two. And both links will be in the show notes so that folks who haven't read those really great articles, they can uh, they can take a look by going to the show notes and clicking on the link. Is there anything else that you wanted to yeah. uh let me do a summary, a
1: come... brief summary of what, what we're Yeah, about.
0: go ahead. Yeah.
1: We make our own reality. There's a philosopher called George Berkeley. He was a Christian within, like, the, I think it was the 17th century. And he postulated a theory that's now called immaterialism, that nothing exists without the observer. Uh, it's not real. The fact that you're looking at it, you make it real. I think it's in Latin it's called S.E.S. percipi." To see is to be. In other words, if it's not seen, it's the cat in the box thing. Schrodinger's cat in the box thing. If nobody sees it, it's not real. It doesn't exist. We can extend that out to certain people can control this reality. It goes back to Dune, which they rely very heavily upon in the secret government or, or, or you know the, the, the proverbial bay. So it is a very big book. And in it, there's something called The Weirding Way. And weird is an ancient Nordic word. It's actually taken from, from uh, Irma, uh, which is the Norse phrase, but it, uh, it was adapted by the Celts and uh, turned into weird. And it means to change, to be able to change things, to be able to alter reality. It didn't become strange until like the late 19th to 20th century where, where weird became uh, meant to be strange. As a matter of fact, the three uh, witches in, in Shakespeare's Macbeth are the Weird Sisters. That's what they're named after. That's, it's, it's a form of magic. But in any way, in Dune, they have something called the weirding way. The principal saying for it or the motto that practitioners of the weirding way use, it's a, it's a form of, of uh, martial arts, is my mind affects my reality. Now, you have have to change your whole concept of what reality is and where it comes from before you can even master this. If you start looking at things differently, if you really start looking at this, this is a program. This is actually a program. You can see that there's certain things that they take place, like like they're they're automated. And it is automated. It's automated, but it can be changed. It can be changed if you, you make it yourself. There's a very elect group in this world and they are actually projecting this reality. they're part of the projection. they are the pixels in the picture. this is a, this is a projection and if you begin to look at it that way you'll find you, you'll reach something that they call the proverbial they again the flow state and you can actually become a part of it. You, you feel yourself as a piece of it. Everything you don't have to think about things anymore. You just know them, and you do them, and everything comes out right. It's like when an athlete sporting at a sporting event, well, like Reggie Jackson hitting three home runs in the World Series. He's in a flow state. You can't make a mistake. It's almost like you become uh, part of what we know as God. And a lot of the sacred texts are geared towards reaching that. And the first thing you got to do is reject this material world. Uh, um, and... What the science proves now is this is a hologram. They noticed. They started investigating it in the late 90s. Of, they did a 10-year investigation on this, like a, it's intensive with all the scientists, and uh, none of the data was ever released. That's because it's all true. We are projecting this. And if we change, if enough of the right ones of us change, I mean, we're not talking about changing the Walmart people who cares what they think. They'll change with everybody else, like you used to say. You know, the, the herd will follow. If we change the right people, we can have a better world. We can make a better world just by by, by what we think. I hate to sound like it sounds new age, but this is science, man. This is hard science. And uh, that, that was really the crux of what I was writing about, and it seemed to be missed. What I was doing is documenting that this is the way it was done. And to top that all off, we have the part about going over the event horizon and the black hole. They know that this is going to happen. I mean, what do you think? You can see things in the 90, early 90s. Take a look at the video for Black Hole Sun, if you don't know, believe me. They, they know what's going on. They're just trying to prolong the inevitable. And you know what? The whole human race is, is suffering because they're prolonging the inevitable because they don't want to lose that red fiari or that really hot-looking prostitute. If we don't take power away from them, we're going to be stuck in this prison. They have created for us. And we need to start empowering ourselves. It's, that's not done through guns and through violence. That's done in your own mind. It's the way the way you perceive things. You have to change the way we perceive things. Because what we think it is, it's not. And I want to end it with just saying, like, a, you know, like there's something my father taught me. I don't know who taught him. But when you're looking at things, you shouldn't believe nothing of what you hear. And believe only half of what you see. Uh, what you think it is is not what it is. And the events that shape what you're seeing in front of you have nothing, nothing at all to do with what you think they are. A lot of what the world is going through right now, with, uh, for, uh, they're they're basing this stuff on biblical prophecies. Uh, they didn't dig up all of uh, Syria for no reason. Uh, even in Afghanistan, that that's another cradle of, of these, these ancient religions. They're looking for things in order to change, in order to make an effect on reality. We need to do that too. That was my my primary reason for writing it, or, or the the point of it, instead of uh, who's Lucifer and who's Jesus, which is what it turned into.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you know how I know you're right? It's because they spend all their time trying to steal your mind. Well, they try to steal your thoughts. That, that's why
1: they're doing it, Michael. Because exactly they don't exactly. control us. They they don't control the world. Right. And there's a very select group that I'm including in us. They're you know, one of them. And I think everybody everybody who is in us knows who they are. If you're one of the us, you better start understanding that, that being in us comes with a, a lot of responsibilities and obligations.
0: You That's know, exactly you, right. There is responsibility. You don't like what yeah. you see in fucking
1: Walmart? You made it. You made it, man. Start trying to change it. because you don't like what you hate so much, you hate your own reflection. I'll leave it with that.
0: And that concludes another Sage of Quay interview, and I hope you enjoyed the discussion as much as I did. Links to my guests' websites and social media are listed in the show notes below. And as always, I'd like to thank everyone for listening and visiting the blog. You can get to the blog by typing in sageofquayradio.blogspot.com or simply head over to our hub website at sageofquay.com. Also, if you get a moment, please visit laboroflovemusic.com to listen to my album leaving dystopia and remember live in truth and always serve creation it's really that simple see everyone next week be safe enjoy and God bless